Good morning, Murray Hill. We're so glad that you've joined us this morning. Let's stand and sing together. Oh 
Good morning. It's a good promise to sing and, and start the morning off with. You guys can go ahead and have a seat if you're here in the building with us. Thanks so much if you're joining us uh, online this morning. Excited to have you guys uh, connect with us in whatever way uh, is best uh, for you and, and for your family. I want to let you know about a couple things that are going on uh, here at the church. We're continuing uh, with our regular options for giving. Uh, there's online giving options. There's uh, in the house, in the building, giving options, utilizing the baskets, uh, utilizing a check or anything like that. Uh, you can take those to the office or you can do that um, through the online platform, texting uh, to give or also through the website. Uh, we also have online membership options. So if uh, that's something where you've been joining us online and that's where you're comfortable and connecting with us best, uh, we'd love to hear from you and uh, answer any questions you have about that. Uh, more information about the church, more information uh, about some of the stuff that we've got uh, going on around here. We'd love to get that uh, to you in whatever way uh, is easiest for you. Uh, and along those sa that same vein, we have online uh, small groups. So uh, again, if you're still not yet ready to come back into the building, uh, we have groups that meet on different evenings and uh, meet online uh, format as long, um, I'm sorry, meet in an online format uh, and have been doing that now moving into the summer, we also have some here in the building uh, if you're ready to get connected and feel safe coming back face-to-face. -face. Uh, love to get you connected and plugged in uh, in whatever way is best for you. Um, we, were, uh, we were singing that song uh, this morning in practice and, and talking about a firm foundation and talking about, uh, you know, really being, being able to trust uh, in God's love and, and be able to depend on that. And, you know, there's, there's probably an infinite number of... of uh, Psalms uh, that reference that and, and that we can read. Um, but I looked this one up, um, and I'll, I'll read this to you. This is uh, Psalm 18. Um, and if you're uh, not familiar with the Psalms, uh, or maybe if you don't necessarily pay attention to all the weird italics and things like that, um, this Psalm above it says, Of David, the servant of the Lord, he sang to the Lord, the words of this song when the Lord delivered him from the hand of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And so if you're familiar with that story, the, 
the numerous times that, that David was able to escape and that David was able to use his, his friendship with Jonathan and how he could have just been so bitter and how he could have used, you know, all the energy from all the people around him that, that were giving him that love and yet he continued to just wait and continued to wait and, and Saul did his thing and, and David just trusted and we, we read in the scripture the numerous times that God delivered David from Saul and, and from his anger and his wrath. And so I'll just read these couple verses to you. Psalm 18, starting with verse 1. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I have been saved from my enemies. And the same God that David sang to, we have the opportunity to sing to this morning. Let's stand and worship together.
In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, we read this. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and unto his sons, saying, On this wise shall you bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord bless you and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. As we read further in the Old Testament, we see the promise that God made to Abraham. That Abraham in thee, in you, shall all the nations be blessed. We're going to sing this next song. And I want you to sing this song with the understanding that the promise that was given is our present possession. It is our privilege to be the children of God. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Everybody sing that with me now.
Heavenly Father, we come before you and know we've been called to a life that is different than the world lives. But we thank you we don't go down that road alone, that you go with us. And Father, we're so grateful that you give us everything that we need to be everything that you want us to be. Lord, I pray that this time would be a time where we connect to you, that we hear from you, that your spirit would show up at every seat in this room and you would transform us today and make us new. Use this time for your glory. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please be seated. So we've started this journey talking about what life will be like for a follower of Jesus post-pandemic. And, uh, and I know there's debate about when that is or if that's happening, whatever. But let me tell you, people are back out there, okay? So Wednesday, I got an airplane. I flew to Colleen, Texas. Anybody know where Colleen is? No, no. just a few, okay. All right? And so, um, and then Wednesday, we got in a car with Ladine, and we drove back uh, on Thursday and Friday. So flew Wednesday, drove Thursday and Friday. And so, here's a, so we, we drove in, both in September and December over there. And here's what I want to tell you. The cars are back out there. And they're acting like they haven't driven in over a year. It's crazy. I mean, it's people, it's like, have you ever seen a steering wheel before? You know, it, it's, uh, it, it's but, but they're out there. And, and so this post-pandemic reality, whether it's really reality or not, is, is here. And so what we're talking about as a follower of Jesus, as I step back into this world, how, how should I do that? What should that look like? And so last week we talked about uh, how the pandemic has reminded us of, of how special the people in our lives are. And, and today we're going to kind of extend that a little bit and make it more specific about other followers of Jesus. You see, in, in the Bible, in the Greek, it's, it's the word koinonia, it talks about it. it means fellowship. That's how we translate it. But it's, it's so much deeper than that. The word koinonia describes what can only be followers of Jesus. Those who have the Holy Spirit in them. Those who are knit together by the Spirit of Christ. And it's this koinonia fellowship. This connection that, that makes us different than everybody else on the planet. And so what we're going to talk about today is how do I reconnect to that koinonia, and what does that need to look like in this changed world, because the world has changed dramatically. We'll talk some about that as we go through this. So we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 10, and let me give you some background here. Um, in Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews, really Hebrews, we know nothing about it, <laughs> um, and it's very interesting. We don't know who wrote it, uh, there's lots of speculation. Some say it was Paul, but then there are other scholars who know much more about Greek than someone like me who say there's no way it was Paul because it wasn't the same kind of writing. And then you have some who say it's Apollos and some who say it's Priscilla and Aquila wrote it together and on and on and on. We don't know who wrote it. What we do know is they're a very educated person, right? And we also know that they're Jewish. They're, they're, they're a Jewish believer. We don't know who the recipients were, and because of that, then we don't know when it was written. But it's pretty clear that it was written in one of two time periods, in one of the first two persecutions, the Nerodian persecution under Emperor Nero or the Domitian uh, persecution later, about 20 years later. And so it, it's one of those two times, and they're going through this horrible persecution. And many think that we don't know the writer or recipients to protect the writer and recipients so that they wouldn't be persecuted receiving the letter or writing it. Don't know that. But one of the things the writer of Hebrews does very clearly is he, he says, you have got to stay the course. You have got to stay the course. And it's important for us to understand the kind of persecution they were facing. It's nothing like we have here. People don't like us. People tease us. People make fun of us. Um, people say bad things about us. But, but they had a totally different reality. They didn't come to church buildings. They went to homes. And every time they got together to worship, it was an illegal practice. They were breaking the law. And they risked coming together and having someone they'd seen the week before or a few days earlier being arrested and gone. They risked losing their jobs. They risked losing all of their possessions. They, they risked everything. And so there was this sense that they were getting frustrated with all they were having to give up. And so the writer of Hebrews writes to encourage them to keep on 
keeping on the journey. And so we're going to look at chapter 10. It's a long passage today, but bear with me on this. Uh, there's a lot there. We're, we're not going to cover all of it, but hopefully you'll spend some time working on it uh, as, as you uh, go through the week. So Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 is where we're going to start. Uh, we're going to camp out in verses 24 and 25, probably the most familiar verses to you. But we're going to read through verse 39 because there's, there's some, some good stuff there that I hope you'll check out. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, page 1211, if you're using the Pew Bible. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as, as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, it is mine to avenge, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Verse 32. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised for in just a little while. He who is coming will come and will not delay. And but my righteousness, my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. So in general, the writer of Hebrews is saying, persecution's here, it is hard, but you need to stick with it. You see, I think what was going on, if you read through the whole book of Hebrews, there were people who were abandoning the faith because they, didn't, they couldn't handle the persecution. And after a time, they were trying to reconnect with the community of faith, and, and, the, and the church was like, wait a minute. You weren't willing to die for this, so you're really not one of us. And it was really a struggle. And so the writer of Hebrews is encouraging people, don't give up, keep going forward, don't give in to the persecution, and give up. So verses 24 and 25 then, I think are in that context very helpful for us. So a couple of things I want us to see today. Verse 24, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. The writer of Hebrews says, one of our responsibilities as followers of Jesus is to spur each other on toward love and good deeds. Now, I'm from Texas, and I hear the word spur, and I think of a, a horse, right? That's the very, and, and horses don't like to be spurred, but spurs are effective, okay? And, and I, I think the idea is the same. We can spur, we can prod, we can move somebody. The idea in the Greek is that you you lead someone with an emotional response to action. And what the writer says is to prod each other along in faith. To prod each other along to love and good deeds. You see, it seems that some people were getting tired of doing good stuff. They had enemies. And they were persecuting them, and they were, they were doing the right things, but it just got old. These people are hurting me. I don't want to help them anymore. These people are, are, are giving me a hard time. They're taking my things, and yet I'm supposed to love them. I'm, I'm tired of loving those who don't love me. 
I'm tired of doing good things because it's not getting me anything. And the writer says you've got to encourage each other to keep loving and to keep doing good deeds. You have to keep pushing forward in this. It is essential that you do that. Because you see, it is in those times when we are most rejected that when we bring love and good deeds to the situation, it's the most transformational. And the writer says, listen, if we don't bring love and good deeds to the world while they're persecuting us, who's going to do it? So I want you to encourage each other, to press each other, to push each other, to keep doing good deeds, to keep doing the, the things that you're called to do. Don't give up. Because if you wrote at the end of the, the, the passage that we read, there's so much, so much, many greater things awaiting you. Keep pushing. So one of our responsibilities is to spur each other on to, to keep moving forward. I was thinking this week about uh, the gas buy-down. When Jay convinced us all to do something really weird, right? We raised money, and then we went down to the kangaroo that used to be open, and we went down to the kangaroo, and we bought down the price of gas a dollar a gallon for two hours, all right? Now, that's back, gas was close to $4 a gallon then, and so it was a big deal. And so I remember all the different things that happened, and, and I remember how many people ran out of gas waiting to get gas, and we would push their cars to the gas tank. But one of the things that, that hit me with that was um, there, I was standing there and, and a woman came to me and said, are you the pastor? And that's a really hard question in situations like that because she could either be really mad or she could be really happy, right? So I said, well, yeah, I am. And she said, can I give you a hug? Well, that's uncomfortable for me too, but I said, okay, sure. So she gave me a hug, and she, and she said this. She said, I'm going to be able to go to work today, this week, because you all did this. I was like, wow. I'm going to be able to go to work this week because you did this. And I think about that story, and, and I think about the love and the good works that were brought into that. And, and one of the things that we want to do as a, as a, as a church is, is to always lead us to do love and good works. And to remember and never forget that it's outside these walls that we take the love of Jesus Christ. And we need to spur each other on to those things. And it's very important for us in this context, in this day and time, to realize that we even need to love and bring good deeds to those who don't love or like us. I remember the story of Paul and Silas when they were in prison and... They sang, and they sang so poorly that an earthquake came and opened the prison. And so the, the, uh, the keeper of the jail was taking out a sword to kill himself, and Paul said, stop. Don't do it. So he talked to him, and the man said, what must I do to be saved? And so that night, he and his family came to know Christ. But, uh, but I think about that moment when, when Paul said, stop. This was his enemy watching him. He could have said, take care of yourself. We're out of here. And sometimes that's the easy thing to do when people hurt us, we want to hurt back. When people bring hard times to us, we want to bring hard times back. But, but as followers of Jesus, we have to spur each other on to this reality that is our job to bring love and good works into the world. It's our job for people to see the kingdom of Jesus Christ in action. That's who we're supposed to be. And so the writer of Hebrews says, listen, I know this is hard. Jesus never promised it would be easy. Would never, he never said it was going to be simple. It was going to be without difficulty. It, it's going to be a struggle, but, but you need to stay faithful and stay loving and spur each other on to keep doing it. Do it together because there is this reality that as followers of Jesus and this koinonia connection, we need each other. And we need each other to spur each other on, to encourage each other to keep doing good. And frankly, sometimes we need each other to kick each other in the backside so that we keep going. Which I think is what the writer of Hebrews is doing in chapter 10. So the call doesn't change. No matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's happening, no, how, no matter how rude people are, whether we deserve it or not, 
We keep loving and doing good. That's the call. And then the call is to help each other do that. And so the writer of Hebrews just says, you know what? Keep pushing each other. You're going to make it through it. And again, as he gets to the end of that passage, he says, it's worth it because of what you have waiting for you. Keep pushing forward. He goes on to verse 25 then, and he says the, the verse that we're familiar with. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the day the more, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And so, I'm probably not going to go where you think I'm going to go with this. All right. If you have pastor friends on on uh, social media, a uh, lot are making memes and making people feel guilty about not being at church when watching online, and said so that that's not what this is about. Okay. But I do need us to see that the only way to spur each other on is to hang out together. The only way to encourage each other is to hang out together. And so I'm, I'm going to just be upfront and honest. What's happened in the last 18 months, never dreamed that this would be possible. Never dreamed that I could be in Texas and watch the service two weeks in a row there while it was happening from this place. It's not possible. And I never thought that I would meet the Holy Spirit when I did that. See, I started attending church nine months before I was born, as many of you did. And those of us who were raised in this, it's hard for us to imagine that you can encounter God outside of this room. But the truth is you can. Amen. And so I, I want you to hear me say that we have groups of people who meet in multiple uh, numbers of people who, who worship together each Sunday watching this online. I don't think there's a thing wrong with that. I think it's the new reality. But I do think we need to be with each, with each other in smaller group settings. And that doesn't have to be in person even, it can be online. But I think, and I've said this for 20 years, almost 20 years now, I've said this over and over and over again, what happens in here isn't the church. It's what happens in the smaller groups. That's the real church. That's the real church. That's where we study scripture, that's where we get more in depth, that's where we get to know each other, that's where we do life together. That is where it really happens. And so, Today, I want you to hear me say, and, and understand, the writer of Hebrews had never heard of the internet. For the writer of Hebrews, there was no cathedral that they went to. There was no central building that they came to. They went to people's homes. And it wasn't about a, a building that was built for worship, and, and don't hear me say what I'm not saying. There are things that go on in this room that are just awesome. Okay, and... and, and there have been so many times that I've been overwhelmed by the presence of God here that it's just, it's just amazing. So I'm, I'm not condemning what's going on here. Don't hear me say that. But what I am saying is God can be anywhere. And we need to be with each other to spur each other on in faith. So what I'm challenging you with today is I'm challenging you to be a part of a smaller group. Whether that's in person or online, it doesn't matter. I'm challenging you to be part of a smaller group. So, and, and I say either way because every Thursday night or most every Thursday night, I meet with a group of people who are in multiple states. And it's unlikely that group will ever be in the same room together. It could happen, but it's pretty unlikely. But you know what happens on those Zoom calls? It's, it's amazing. We love each other. We challenge each other. We share with each other. We pray for each other. We even have parties. We play games online. But we celebrate our king and how we can live for him. And one of the things that I, I hope we see and I hope we just make clear in our minds is this post-pandemic reality for church is going to be different. It's going to be different. And I know there are, there are pastors and people just begging for it to be the way it used to be. It's never going to be the same completely. It's just not. 
But what is so cool now is people all over the world are hearing about Jesus for the first time. Because in their living room or in their den or in their bedroom, wherever they are, they can get on their computer and they can hear about Jesus. That's a good thing. But we do need each other. We do need to push each other forward, and the only way that's going to happen is interacting with each other. So that's what I want you to hear from the writer of Hebrews, is that we need each other, we need to be together in smaller settings, and we need to push each other on to new levels of faith and to continue loving, doing good deeds. Now, there's one thing that I need to say. I have heard many times from people my relationship with God is such I don't really need other Christians in my life. I've heard that many times. That my relationship with God, I, I spend time in prayer, I spend time in scripture study, I, I read a lot, I connect with him, and, and I really just don't need it. And my response is this, let's assume for a minute that's true. If that is true, you still have a responsibility to spur people on to good works and to love. And you may not need them, but they need you. And so I want to encourage us, man, this, this journey, and, and please hear me, and, and I, don't, I don't mean to be depressing about this, but, but the journey for followers of Jesus is, is, about, is, is getting harder and harder. It just is. And, and the, the vocal realities against our faith, is, are, they're becoming louder and louder and louder, and they're going to continue to do that. And it's in those realities that we need each other. And we need, like the writer of Hebrews said, to stay true to the faith, stay strong in it, and never forget what awaits us. It's worth whatever is required. You, you notice how he said, you gave up your property you gave up your possessions, and it didn't bother you because you had better things waiting. You, you stood, and, and you watched as your friends were persecuted, or you were persecuted, and, and, but you stayed strong. And, and we, have to, we, we have to connect to this reality that we live for Jesus every day, no matter what the world does, no matter what happens. It's our job to bring love and good works. In the name of King Jesus, to this world that so desperately needs him. Let's pray. Father, I come before you and I thank you for the family of faith. I thank you for the Koinonia connection. And Father, I, I want to pray if there's anyone here that is not yet connected to a smaller group, that they would find that group. They would ask the questions and that they would get connected to the right group of people. And I pray that we would learn to do life together in such a way that you are honored and glorified. We would bring love, that we would bring good works, and that you would take that and, and use it for your honor and your glory. And Father, I pray for those who are on the periphery and, and, and on the peripheral outside looking in, not yet connected to a group. And Lord, I just I pray that this day you would put it on their heart to connect. And Father, I pray that for those of us who are established in groups, that we would not use this as a, as a tool to manipulate or to make people feel guilty, but really to spur people on in you. And I pray that you would use us for that end and that purpose. Now, Father, I, I pray for this time. I, I pray that if there's anyone here today that does not know you, that today would be a day of salvation for them. That you would draw them to yourself. That you would change their lives. Help them to say yes to you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The Bible talks about what Jesus did in so many ways. 
But one of the ways that it talks about it is, is he paid our debt. He paid our debt. So I want you to imagine your biggest debt financially that you have. If one day you went to make the payment and the, the bank or the institution called and said, hey, it's been paid for. It would be a little exciting, wouldn't it? But that's exactly what Jesus did. See, we had a sin debt. But a debt that was so big we could never pay it. We didn't have the potential to pay it. So Jesus and his love for the Father, who had an amazingly deep love for us, came and died on the cross, was buried and came back to life to pay our debt, our sin debt. So in that, we find not only forgiveness, but we find a connection to God. We find new life, a new beginning. What he asks in return is that become the center of our world, the focus of everything about us. And it's the greatest honor in life to follow him. So if you're here today or you're watching and you've never asked Jesus into your life as your forgiver and leader, we, we invite you to do that today. Just a minute, we'll sing. If you're here in the room and would like to talk about that, Come through these doors to the Welcome Center and let's talk about faith and what it means. If you're watching online, you can text us. There will be people who will text back with you and interact with you. Or if you would um, like to email, we can have those conversations as well. But if you sense God drawing you to himself, say yes today. The greatest invitation you'll ever receive. Maybe you're here watching and God has put on your heart that you need to be officially a part of this community of faith. I invite you when we're done to stop by the Welcome Center and let's talk about that and what it means. Or online, same thing. Text or email. Maybe you have questions about faith. Please don't be afraid to ask. Or maybe today, God has put somebody on your brain that you know needs some encouragement. That this faith journey has been hard for them. Sometimes we have to put their arm around our neck and carry them along. Because that's what koinonia requires us to do. So commit yourself to encouraging them today to help them move forward in faith as they pursue the king. You respond today as you who led as we stand and worship together.
Thank you, Murray Hill. Go and find fellowship this week, and we'll meet here again next Sunday.